You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Punctuated and on a pertinent uh, punctuated, uh, we have uh, none other than our very own Sheikh Shoaib Maida. Sheikh Shoaib Maida, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, tell us, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my beloved brother Shafaat Ahmed Khan. And all the dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba, this evening, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we say Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah, Allah is taking care of us. You know, as we are actually watching the scenes unfold in Palestine, where all the lies by IDF and the Zionists are being exposed one by one. And Alhamdulillah, that's what happens. You know, uh, Allah has mentioned the Quran, Shaf, Qul Jaa al-Haqq wa Zahq al-Batir. Say, Hak has come and has smashed battle, falsehood. And falsehood is not the way. You know, falsehood is deceitful and falsehood is never a right way to guide someone. So, Alhamdulillah, all that is unfolding. And we ask Allah to make it very easy for the Muslimin, inshallah, that they must expose the core, you know. Although it's, uh, it's very sad to see things happening in uh in Saudi Arabia happening in a bad way where they're having actually bringing people having concerts and the rest of that, people dancing and jiving, you know, MBS style. And yet people in London, people in New York, people in Chile, Bolivia, Brazil, all other places around the world, the outside uh, actually in arms uh, calling for a ceasefire and actually uh, the great support for the Palestinian brothers, Shaf, which who should be uh, the first one to be doing that, Shaf? No, absolutely, Sheikh Shoaimaida. I know a little bit of our politicking, and it's important. The heart of Islam, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu was a spiritual leader. He was uh, uh, the, the uh, leader of the army. He was a wonderful father. Uh, he was, uh, you know, Imam and so forth. And also, he, you know, he had to deal with the different types of scenarios, uh, tribal warfare, and so forth. And uh, you know, it all happens. And then, you know, looking uh, closely to our. Uh, uh, Sadak uh, neighbors that uh, we find that uh, Malawi has been uh, heavily compromised with uh, this, uh, you know, recent, uh, uh, you know, the, the president of Malawi getting prisoners uh, and uh, selling them uh, to Israel to do the bidding, some to work on the kibbutz and some uh, maybe on the battlefield. What's the true story about that, uh, Sheikh Shoaib Maida? I know, Shaf, uh, you know, poverty, you know, was close to be a uh, kufr. And uh, sometimes we create this kind of situations. You know, I know the president of Malawi was once a pastor and uh, he believes in that uh, Israel is a land of the chosen people. You know, that's his belief system. So, yeah, we have seen actually selling the people for about 60 million for five years and these people are going to work as laborers. It's actually uh, slavery at, uh, at first degree. If you look at the situation that are there, and then the people that actually are being said there to be work on equipment that have never touched uh, before and then end up some losing their lives already, which is actually uh, something that we should uh, we are not looking for. And uh, only now they come and say, no, there's a deal that was strike because of uh, unemployment rate and the rest of that. And uh, uh, we have to work towards those angles so that we get our things right. But Anyway, you know, Shaf, uh, you know, certain people and certain things will never change up there in the brains, you know, in the sense that, you know, people do whatever they want to make money and uh, the cost or at expense of people. You know, Shaf, we've seen it happening during the COVID where we have to be locked down and uh, that uh, sickness could not affect uh, uh, the politicians and uh, even the 
the police and the army were not affected, but the only uh, the citizen are the ones that are affected with that. So, I mean, it tells you, and, uh, you know, I was just reading, going through certain information, recent one clip that was saying, you know, uh, the Manu Israel is trying to actually find other alternative places at the moment because the place is not conducive at Israel at the moment because this uh, information that is being hidden from us, Jeff, you know, they're getting hiding left, right, center, and people are protesting their own Netanyahu out of power as soon as possible. You know, and these things are being hidden. And now I was uh, reading uh, the same someone who's saying, you know, they are planning actually to move to Cape Town. And you look at the stats, I mean, uh, they've sold a lot of real estate to the Zionist ring companies in uh, Cape Town, which uh, we need to be careful. Now they're calling for an independent Cape Town, independent state in Cape Town. So who is behind that? You know, we have to be careful, open our eyes and see what is happening around us. Definitely, Shaf, there is a lot happening. And uh, with Allah's help, inshallah, we are going to come up victorious. I'm glad uh, we, uh, you know, inter- interrogated uh, that uh, part of, uh, you know, the Malawian history with you. And as you said, he is a, a pastor and he belongs to one of the uh, pro-Zionist Christian groups, uh, you know, that is such an important lobby for the uh, Zionist state of Israel in America. And not only America, in Europe and also when you look at uh, uh, Africa. And Africa is uh, definitely uh, now a crusading Christian continent. And uh, now you make a lot of sense uh, that uh, this... Uh, pro-Zionist, he's uh, abating and helping his uh, Zionist masters who are calling this an Armageddon. And the irony of the whole situation is as a member of parliament, Ahmed Mansur Sheikh Imam, spoke yesterday and he said, I'm amazed uh, that uh, you so-called Christians, you are helping those uh, that uh, were actually, according to your Bible, those that killed your Lord and Savior. Are you selling uh, your Lord and Savior for a few shekels? And this is the question he asked them in parliament. And he threw them about uh, 20 pieces of silver coins. And, you know, that was a very powerful statement indeed. And uh, what you are saying is absolutely right. And, uh, you know, we lost the high ground. Once upon a time, Africa was an African continent. And I believe now it's uh, bordering on 50-50, some say 60-40, Sheikh Shoei Maida. You know, we should be careful of being complacent. Uh, Your thoughts? No, no, definitely, Shaf. You, you've been giving a big ratio on that. I can tell you, it's up such a 2080. You know, Africa owns 20% of their resources and 80% is gone out. And uh, maybe only if Allah wills, things will change with actually uh, the situation unfolding in the northern part of Africa, Burkina Faso and Mali and uh, the other countries. Where actually, they're saying enough is enough to the French, they must go. We don't need them around here. And, uh, Actually, they've been controlling. They're still practicing that kind of uh, uh, what we call slavery from those ages up to now. And the people don't know their own currency. They're still using uh, French currency, and yet they're based in Africa, you know. And uh, they got uh, minerals and resources which actually have to be taken raw and then being processed. And then thereafter, uh, France will sell those uh, uh, minerals and resources, and then a small fraction or a portion of what. Uh, Money comes from they give back to these countries, and I people saying enough is enough. And they're saying it's our, it's, it's our country, our resources, and we're going to find the market ourselves. We don't need anyone in between to get uh, the market for our resources because it is the resources in our countries. And if uh, things are really unfolding at the moment, Jeff, uh, people are waking up on slow soil, and we see we still have to see a situation like that unfolding in our country because remember, so we've got a lot of resources, gold mentioning platinum and the rest of it, but who owned that gold and platinum? 
you know, it's Anglo-American, they own all that have been making us wake as slaves and they take everything. And I mean, every bit of it goes away from this country, so we have nothing. So I think, uh, you know, it's time we're always exposing all that kind of, uh, you know, shady dealings where people are waking up to say, now we need to understand what belongs to us and we wait for it and we make sure our resources remain with us. If we have to sell, we have to be the ones refining these resources and selling them as a finer product. You know, as we've seen, the good part is actually we were put in that back angle where we will be working in that refining uh, processes, you know, and be paid rest in those countries. So now we've learned the trade. I mean, there's nothing wrong with us taking the uh, raw material and refining it and selling a polished product uh, to the West as well, as uh, they've been doing. So things should change at one point, although it will take time, you know, it's change that is worth of uh, waiting for to understand. And um, as you said, remember, at the moment, Shaf is amazing to say that, you know, the politicians, you know, are pro-Zionism, uh, and yet the masses in the countries, even from America, you go to UK, to Canada, everywhere, even Saudi Arabia, wherever you find politicians are pro-Israel, but the people which are the masses, which have the voice, are the ones that are supporting Palestine, and inshallah, victory should come at one point, Shaf. And uh, Sheikh Yomaida, he said that uh, most of uh, those the people that come from Malawi to South Africa, uh, you know, uh, most of them are uh, uh, artisans, uh, some like plumbers or bricklayers and so forth. Most of them happen to be Christians, and uh, when they come here, automatically they change the name to uh, uh, Muslims. How true is that, uh, Sheikh Yomaida? Yes, if you find that because I'll tell you, the Muslims are very the good ground uh, in the country. They've done really good work. So I've been honest and sincere in the past years. When now the name is being spoiled because, you know, somebody was taught to say, if you're in South Africa, if you say you're a Muslim, then you get a job easily, then you're a Christian. So, so those, so they're the ones that are manipulating the whole system. They come here, they change the name, the Christians, they become a Muslim for, for say, for namesake, just to get whatever they can get from there. And hence, if we don't do proper research on who we're employing at the moment, Shaf, that's where you find all these some funny incidents happening where the houses get broken into and somebody comes and hijacks the whole family and the rest of that. Because simply, we didn't do a thorough check on the people employed. We just based ourselves in understanding his name is Muhammad, or his name is Ibrahim, and he's from Malawi, the Muslim, we can keep him not knowing. People today have come with evil intentions, so we have to be extremely careful, Shaf. Uh, if you get people that are saying they're from Malawi, the Muslims, make sure you do a background check before uh, you let them in in your home, because you might be letting uh, the Zionists in the house in these guys of Muslim, Shaf. Sheikh uh, Baida, you know, when you look at the Pakistanis, they have the Pakistani Association of South Africa. Perhaps uh, we need to have a masa, the... Uh, you know, Malawian Association of uh, South Africa and, uh, you know, document each one. And uh, like how these are Pakistanis, they have each member, what he does, uh, his uh, residential area, what business he does, what he's taking and so forth. Uh, we do, do we have a Malawian Association of South Africa? Yes, Chef. Uh, that actually was a registered uh, organization that's been run. I think you know uh, Chef Issa Kabudula. Zona case of just uh, running that at the moment, and we're actually in the process of trying to register uh, the people around and actually to make sure that uh, uh, we have a database of who is who in the zoo, and uh, we know who is a Muslim, that a Muslim, what are they doing here, on what basis they come here, you know, yeah. are they working illegally, are they illegal in the country, and uh, how do you help in the situations where there's a funeral or somebody is not well, how do you 
actually get involved in trying to uh, resolve the situation. So there is that sort that is running at the moment, although it's a bit slow in the way how it's taking up, but we have something of that sort, and inshallah, make do us have that one day uh, we reach that actually a position where we are able to account for every Malawian that is a bit a Muslim and a Muslim, but in the sense also to be able to be a cross difference when people first say this person came here to say now Muslim and this is his name. And uh, also sometimes it's easy, Shafa, you know, we need to ask somebody, the Muslim, ask them to make Udu and read the Duash for making Udu and that's it. You know, ask them to read Surah Fatih and another Surah, more Surah in the Quran, do that. But sometimes, you know, we get fascinated, I'll tell you sometimes, because also we're looking for the cheapest of labor and not knowing actually you are actually employing somebody that is there actually to destroy your home shaft. You know, I was talking to someone uh, here in uh, my hometown of Springo Beach, and, uh, you know, we have this uh, local informal uh, settlement uh, known as Dakota. I'm not sure you know about that. And he tells me, you know, um, hey, he call, they call me chef, you know, hey, you know, chef. That they, in our informal settlement, there's a lot of Malawians are living there, and you know there's a lot of Christians, and they do like this, and they come to your mosque. They say they're uh, Christian, but they come here and they're drinking. So people like uh, you know Isa, uh, you know they want to form this uh, organization, or they had a head start, but uh, perhaps they need to be serious about it and start checking this out because we don't need to have uh, mixed signals and uh, people exploiting uh, the Muslims. And as you said. Uh, the tragedy is uh, that these people have no conscience because they say we're not Muslims, uh, so we can rob these Muslims. And uh, I know all the breakage and all being done uh, through that. So uh, how do we fast track or fast forward a program like this? Uh, like Sheikh Isa is very busy on his other work. I don't think he has enough of time for uh, for doing this work because once upon a time he was very busy in Dawa, but now he's you know he's focused on what he's doing. Uh, Sheikh Shreem Maida. Yeah, no, no, definitely, Shaf, as you said, we have to reignite this and get back. I tell you, there's one uh, moment where I was fully involved and uh, it just happened that some people did not like the idea and the uh, way we have actually refused. Uh, that was under that time, under my watch, I did refuse Shaf to bury about six bodies. You know, that past one, uh, not refused to bury, but in sense to bury them under Islamic rights because now the families had no money and there was nowhere to go. So we just have to actually affect uh, the Islam for the deceased. You say, no, this one is a Muslim, and what, 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 what. And you see tattoos on them, and you ask questions. People say, no, this person was going to church and was drinking and the rest of that. So, I mean, I put a stop. I said, no, we can't. Mm. We can't go and actually knock the doors of the Muslims uh, to give us funds to buy somebody who's not a Muslim. You know, or maybe if we can just ask, tell us he's not a Muslim, then we all can pick up from our pockets say somebody from Malawi, let's help to get the brother buried. But you come in the name of Islam. So we go take me money that is meant for people that are Muslim and give it to people that are Muslims. And we come and read Salah for somebody who's going to Tahara, nothing in them. I mean, it can't be, you know, it's a waste of time. We can't be doing that. And uh, previous, I'm sure things like that have been done already where people have actually uh, gave somebody Shahadat when they're dead already so they can be buried with Islamic rights. So actually we put a stop to that. And from that time then, I have not been uh, pulled in into the meetings that uh, I'll try and actually get myself involved as well because I think that's the best way if we have to serve ourselves, safeguard our dean and safeguard our environment, we have to be fully involved in what we're going to do. But as you said, I also uh, pull Issa in just to say, no, let's see what we can do. Let's work on a program, on a project. Let's try and get this uh, going as soon as possible. And inshallah, with your help, social group, I'm sure we should get something. Yeah, you know what we can do? I'm uh, very close uh, to Ahmed Parak and uh, the 
Islamic Burial Council. I know there are role players there. Ahmad Paraka has even complained about, uh, you know, those uh, type of people in the last minute when the, the burial, they come and say, no, he was a Muslim. And he says, uh, we've been taken for a ride in many cases. And there you are uh, a man of integrity, Sheikh Shoy Maida. I know that, you know, you are always, uh, you have a mashallah name and uh, you haven't done anyone down and a man of your repute. And, uh, you know, coming from Malawi, perhaps uh, you need to uh, take this amana because Allah has given you the knowledge. Allah has given you, uh, you know, the position in society where, inshallah, we'll try and coordinate and uh, maybe uh, organize a meeting with the uh, Councillor Ahmad Parak and take it uh, forward from the Sheikh Shoaib Maida and uh, with the ulama and all that. We can get some good advice. And uh, let's see that, you know, where we can stop things of uh, uh, being taken for a ride and uh, putting the name of Islam or the House of Islam in disrepute. Uh, you can come to the fore there, Sheikh Shoaib Maida. So, inshallah, we will do. And uh, this, uh, that conversation was actually dictated by divine decree. We didn't mean to go there, but it uh, then uh, came uh, out of uh, your Sheikh. No, no, Alhamdulillah, Shaf, you remember we do this for the pleasure of Allah. So, also, it has to be uh, uh, within those lines, Shaf. We'll have to touch it whether intentional or unintentional. Allah, Allah will just bring the topic in the, in the play to say this has to be said. So, yeah, that is saying it. But Alhamdulillah, I'm happy with actually your suggestion there. I'll be ready and willing uh, to make sure that we don't, we don't take it for a ride. Because, I mean, that's one thing really that uh, strikes me to say, I mean, how can we go get the top Muslim resources for somebody who's not a Muslim? And I mean, there's clear evidence they're not a Muslim. So, I mean, we put stops to that. And definitely we have to keep on doing that, you know. You know, we have to do things right at all the time, self, you know. Don't uh, be doing things with a shortcut or maybe close. And I know people from Malawi, just they have no money. Let's just allow it to happen. I mean, you know, who are we deceiving? You're not deceiving the person that have done the favors. We, we're deceiving Allah, Allah, who knows it? And we know it. And I mean, Qiyamah is the house to pay. You know, there's nothing that goes for Mahala. So if you do wrong now, if we don't pay it now, which is the right time to pay, then we have to pay when we go on where we can't do any action actually uh, to make a payment for that. And that becomes very, very hectic. Because what happens is our good deeds will have to be paid for the wrongdoings that we've done. And if there's no more good deeds left on our, on, on our kitty, it means we have to actually correct the wrongs and the bad uh, things that the person had as a payment for the wrong that we've done, Shaf. Uh, you know, you make a lot of sense, Sheikh Shui Maida, and also, you know, those are, that are employing uh, these people, they don't know who they're employing. They say, oh, next moment they robbed and the money is gone. And, uh, you know, the working cahoots with this syndicate or that syndicate. So, inshallah, Ya Sheikh, we'll get uh, something done there. But uh, the beauty of uh, what's happening in the dunya today is after the Gaza situation and the world is marching for the oppressed people of Palestine and uh, the beauty of uh, many uh, buying the Noble Quran, the sales of the Noble Quran actually exhausted in uh, most capitals of Europe. And, you know, when you look at the book and in uh, Surah Sajda or the adoration, uh, adoration in uh, Surah 32, Verse 1, 2, and 3, the Quran states, Arif, Lam, Mim. This is the revelation of the book in which there is no doubt from the laws of the world. And, you know, what a beautiful Arif, Lam, Mim, Zalik, Al-Kitabu, Bafi. I mean, this is a book wherein there is no doubt, Ya Sheikh, and it is a revelation from the laws of the world. How important for us, to, those two lines alone, to tell the whole world, yes, there's no doubt. Alif Lam Mim is like a code, like a computer code, a code of the tablets that is directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you have to open the files, Allahu alam, the code could be Alif Lam Mim. And your code opens 
And once again, the Quran is telling you loudly and proudly, this is the revelation of the book in which there is no doubt from the Lord of the worlds. How beautiful that is, Ayashek. Worship is actually amazing, you know, you live in different, uh, you know, translation or tafsir of the Qur'an. The Alif stands for Allah and uh, Lam stands for Jibreel, alayhi salatu wasalam, and Mim stands for Muhammad. Allah knows best the meaning for that. You know, then tells you that this is a book that has come from Allah through Jibreel to Nabi Muhammad that has got no doubt in it, but guidance to the entire universe and everything that lives in the universe. Now, definitely, Shaf tells a lot of things, as you just said, now the Qur'ans are best-selling books in Europe, uh, in America, and the rest of that, you know, I can tell you, Shaf, I've noted there is a lot of benefits that came out of the situation that happened in, in Gaza. You know, as terrible, as tough, as, you know, as despicable as the actions of the Zionists are, but there is the things we've learned from there, one, two things, Shaf. The first one, I'll tell you, is that um, all those that have been martyred, Alhamdulillah, the Shuhada, they've gone to Jannah, you know, without doubt about it and those that are injured without anesthetics and the rest of that they're getting healed with Allah's power and to show that Allah can do that without us needing anesthetic and the rest of that and people are cured and then also came to the moment where we have known who are your friends and who are your enemies so it's showing clearly and now again another good part that came in sharp the release of the hostages you know people that were actually captured in Israel so some have came up you know brain damaged you know, they can't talk, and some of them, they've been tortured lifelong. And these ones that were on Hamas side, they're coming back and saying, we are taken care of. You know, nobody abused us. There's no rape. There's no killing. There's nobody hitting us. They let us free, and we came free. As we are now, we can't say anything bad about it because nothing bad happened to us. So this stuff has created another concept because all the propaganda has been based on lies and uh, falsehood. So now it's created a room where people that are watching all this around the world, they're saying, hi, how come these are the murderers? I mean, the terrorists, they capture uh, the hostages and instead of torturing them and killing them, but they took care of them and bring back safe. And even there's evidence that's coming in from the uh, doctors in uh, Israel side to say, all those that were actually uh, taken as hostages, they're in good health, but we're still going to monitor. But you cannot do the same. You cannot say the same stuff about those uh, Palestinians that are actually under uh, the Zionists uh, uh, up in the, in, in the south. So people are becoming Muslim sharp. And also, you know, some amazing picture that I've seen for a few people that actually accepted Islam, that's in the U.S. They are saying, you know, it's just amazing that... Uh, Somebody has lost a child, has lost the whole family. You know, they don't take a gun to shoot themselves to say, I lost my whole family, I lost everything. I need to go myself, I don't need to be here. But they say, Allahu Akbar. You know, they say, Allah is the greatest. And now you find some, even coming there, to the dead, our children, families, say, please, when you go there, pass my direct salam to Nabi Sallallahu And I mean, this is amazing. They to say, look at these people. Because we could have been scratching our faces, scratching our bodies, you know, maybe not eating or maybe just cutting us or maybe hanging ourselves because this is what we actually expect to be in as human beings. But these people actually, they take with a pinch of salt and look up and say, Allah, Akbar, Allah is the greatest. What Allah wants will happen and what Allah does will not happen. And I mean, this actually shaft is another good thing that has brought up people to understand that the best part of being a Muslim and the belief system that are strong in the oneness of Allah and doing things right. And life, what you watch from MPS where you get a music concerts, uh, discos and the rest in this part of the year. 
in this part of the time where our brothers and sisters, mothers, sick patients, you know, babies and incubators are being actually denied of a, a, a right to, to, to life, I mean, by the Zionists, and yet you support their actions. You know, so it is a disgrace, and it is something that is despicable. And I think, really, it's something that you look at and think, well, oh, I mean, uh, this is the reason that on a bit in those days, it could have been a problem, maybe we could have had a, a tough time to accept it. But because we understand it is on a beautiful region that you brought from Allah Ta'ala, then definitely we stick there to be Muslim. We make dua that Allah change their hearts to be good Muslims, or Allah, if they can, you destroy them, so that our eyes can see, you know, the destruction and befalling them for actually playing a mocker of their own being and the hypocrite stuff. Absolutely, uh, Sheikh Choi as you said, uh, some uh, beautiful stories are coming through. Uh, and initially, uh, uh, you know, the Hamas uh, members uh, told these people, uh, don't worry, we are Muslims, you're safe at our hand. And you can see that the actions uh, speaks uh, louder than words, and that uh, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu had given a certain conditions and preambles what you do in the war and all that. And those are transgress, uh, those are preambles, uh, not following the sunnah of a warfare as advocated by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then, you know, looking at the beautiful, noble Quran and in, a, you know, in a Surah An-Namal, the end, says, uh, it says, uh, Bismillah rahman rahim Taseen. These are verses of the Quran, a book that makes things clear, a guide, and a glad tidings for believers. Those, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida, those who establish prayers and give in uh, regular charity and also have uh, full assurance of the hereafter. Full assurance of the hereafter. These are things that we do, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida, in a regular play, a prayer, giving regular charity and having that assurance of the hereafter that the Akhirah is our true abode. We are just a, uh, you know, a spiritual being having a physical experience in this world and that uh, he that walks on the surface of this earth will one day get into his belly and uh, the world is a shadow of a cloud and a dream of a sleep and perhaps uh, the greatest moment for a believer is the moment that, that his life leaves, uh, leaves him, the rule leaves him and goes into the world of reality, the world that he truly belongs to, Yashir. I know the Quran has taught us you know, not to take life for granted, and has taught us very much. We are here for a test. You know, we're not here to stay forever. And that's actually the what does the firm belief in us being strong spiritually, emotionally, and physically. You know, when Allah says, Kuru Nafsin Da Ikatun Maut, each and every each and every living soul shall have a taste of death. Well, in and the of you will be rewarded accordingly. And whosoever will be saved uh, from hellfire and get aboard into Jannah, that when in prosperity, there's nothing that you see in this life, uh, in this world, except for wealth, friends, family uh, of deception. So everything else is there to deceive us. One, one day we have to go to Allah. And because we have that in us, understanding the deception of this world, you know, and that life is going to guarantee itself. That's where it keeps us strong. You know, you can destroy our homes. We'll still look up and say, yeah, Allah, this could only happen if you didn't want it to happen. And yeah, Allah, there is a good wisdom why this is happening. You can kill our children, even those in- incubators. We say, yeah, Allah, you take care of that. And Allah takes care of that. And you still strengthen us. You can kill our old women, our women that are pregnant. And also we say, yeah, Allah, 
you can see what is happening and Allah will take care of us. And we keep this knowing that we come from Allah and then one day we have to return back to Allah. So when people are passing on in our eyes as believers and Muslims, you know, it's not just passing on. We say, no, the person is gone and forgotten, but we say now they're going back where they come from. You know, inna lillahi, we come from Allah, inna ilayhi rajun. And you have to go back to Allah, although in different passages of way, it can either be by bombs as is happening in uh, Palestine, it can be by road accident, by sickness, or maybe uh, by just having a heart attack. But we know all these means of going back to Allah. So we do accept that to say life is not guaranteed and we have to return where we come from. So this is what keeps us strong. And this is what people are living now in the Western world to see what is happening. I'll give you another uh, instance. I just saw yesterday on social media, there's one gentleman actually from the U.S. You know, he's been hurt. He's been actually uh, brainwashed from long to say not. Muslims don't go near them. You go in the mosque, it's a dangerous place there. That's where they plan everything, plot everything to kill everybody and the rest of that. So this person decided to go with a hidden camera in the masjid. And why he was scared to do that, but he said he just wanted to go and expose the Muslims. What they do? He went there with his camera. The first person he met just said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And he says, I didn't know how to respond. I also said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And the person just looked at me like, okay. It's fine. So he passed. So I said, he went and sat inside. He saw people are sitting there. I said, nobody even recognized him that he's sitting in the mask. Only people that wanted just to check who came in and just look at him and forgive and, and finish that he's reading in the Quran doing other things. And he came out of there. He said, he saw some books and he found one book that says uh, the basic fundamental pillars of becoming a Muslim. You know, first you accept the oneness of Allah, Ta'ala, then you perform your salah. Uh, you give charity, you fast in the month of Ramadan, you go perform Hajj, you know, if you have the means to do that. So he came out and says, yeah, this is what people deny us to tell us. All these people that are uh, running a propaganda against Islam, they know Islam is a true religion, but don't want us to go there and be good people. So he said, no, 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 now I've understood. I'm the one that will be fighting them. That, you know, what you're saying is wrong. I will sneak in the mosque. And I've seen what is happening. Nobody, and there's no place where they're keeping weapons. There's no teaching about killing other people. People are reading the Quran and reading Salah, and that's it. So it tells yourself that, you know, those days are coming. Where Allah said, you know, if you cannot do my work, I want you to do. I'll bring another nation. I'll create other means of getting my work done. So you look at that child, somebody goes to invade the masjid just to go there just to find out what's happening. And he finds something totally different from what he was brainwashed about over the past years, child. No, absolutely, Sheikh Shreve Maida. You know, whenever we have this conversation with you on pertinence or punctuated time of any flies, literally flies. Have your parting words uh, this evening, Yashe. No, it's not. No, Jazakallah, you know, for the show. Really, you run really good shows. And uh, as I said, most of the time it's not pre planned. Uh, it's not pre planned program that is being planned already. We just come on air and just you come with beautiful topics and uh, with Allah's guide. We go through all the best of topics. And I say, may Allah once again shall reward you and your families and inshallah grant you long life with good health so that you continue serving Allah on these platforms, inshallah. Jazakallah for the opportunity as well. I mean, uh, to your pious and sagacious du'as, uh, your Sheikh, Allah bless you and your family and my du'as for you either. Reciprocal. Yes, sir, time for us to go for our break. When you get back, it'll be time to join uh, Maulana Salim uh, Karim. <laughs> 